1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by E.P. Wealth. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. Sitting with me today is CFP Chad Burton. You can find Chad at ChadBurton.com. It's Chad at ChadBurton.com or he'll be in the Bay Area Thursday, August 24th doing an event. The seven retirement readiness tests that after two hours, you should have a pretty good idea which means you should probably have $500,000 more. You should probably be within five to 10 years of retirement or in retirement. Um, You don't really want to fail this test in retirement, so it pays to show up. Um, Knowledge is power. CFP Chad Burton's put together a new presentation. You can find out more about the event at roblackshow.com. It's roblackshow.com or go to chadburton.com, chadburton.com, and there's a lot of downloads that he has there, including the 15 things to do before you hire a CFP. Um, which is kind of a checklist on financial life, in my opinion. Um, Chad, um, let's let's keep going, I guess. How are you doing today?
2: I am well. I'm well for Monday. How about you? It's it's good. It's good.
1: Um, Big event is Thursday evening, by the way, Los Gatos Hotel. Toll House Hotel, uh, Los Gatos, California. Toll House Hotel, 630 to 830. Uh, You sent me some notes, and it starts out with, I don't know what I'm going to be... Um, spending in retirement. This sounds very familiar to me, and I'm embarrassed to say that budgeting is probably the weakest of my financial skills in my family. Because uh, wife and two kids. Wife thinks that there's plenty. Kids uh, are kind of little need machines, so to speak. Uh, how <laughs> often do you see uh, spending go awry and uh, be the be the big issue?
2: Well, I see spending go awry quite a bit. I mean, the you know, if you couple a situation where you get into the first few years of retirement and you overspend and you get a market correction at the same time, it, it could be really mathematically tough to recover. Um, so it's really important for that first, especially five years of retirement to to try to stick with some sort of a budget. And it's, a lot of times it's really hard to do, especially living in the Bay Area with kids and things like that. You, you have a high income area, um, but also high expenses. And then you're putting kids sometimes in private schools, you're, you're sending them to college and you don't really know, okay, what's left over for me? What do I get to spend? Um, so this happens a lot. The situation happens a lot where people haven't truly tracked every single expense. And in some cases, maybe it doesn't matter as much because there's a lot of changes. I mean, I remember when I had two kids in select soccer and dance and you know, all these different items that are no longer in my budget. Now I got three kids in college. That's my budget for this year. So, so things happen, and, and you've got to have some sort of a, a baseline approach to this and then start filling in the details later in some cases. Uh, some people are really good at tracking expenses, whether they use Quicken or um you know mint.com. We have a financial planning website that clients can use to track all of their expenses, but I you know, a lot of people just don't even use that, right? So you can take a couple of different approaches. One is that 70 to 80% of pay approach. So if let's say you're making $100,000 a year in the Bay Area, you can say, okay, can I afford to live off of 70% of that? And that assumes that, you know, right now you're putting money in your 401k, you're paying taxes, you're doing all that kind of stuff. And that 401k contribution, some of those other taxes might not be there in retirement. So can you afford that? The other approach, Um, is the net income approach. So let's say that same person that's making $100,000 a year, they look at their paycheck, deposit in their bank account, and they they say, okay, well, I'm living off of that now. What lump sum do I need to recreate that net of taxes in retirement? So when you do that type of a situation, you say, I'm taking home this amount of money, you still have to adjust it for healthcare costs, right? Because right now your employer... Is paying for your healthcare costs. If you retire early, you're on your own until you're 65 and you get Medicare. But Medicare Part B, you pay for your supplemental insurance. You pay for your, you know, copays and, and uh, prescription drugs and things like that. So that's another route that you can take is that net income approach. What's hitting your bank account? Or you can just say, okay, what's what's four percent of what I owe? I have. So if you're really close to retirement, let's say 60 years old, and you calculate, this is all that I have in savings over here. Can I live off of four percent of that? So there's a couple of different options, but eventually, Rob, you really got to kind of dial it in. You got to start making that spreadsheet, that list of expenses. What are my non-discretionary expenses? That's the stuff that you have to have all the time, right? Food on the table, lights, um, things like that. And then, then what are the non-discretionary, which is, uh, or the discretionary expenses, which is vacation and hobbies and you know health clubs and golfing and things like that. Yes, yeah, so what
1: it gets down to is that's just the least sexy or the least fun thing to do for me.
2: Um, yeah, quote dialing it in. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's oftentimes a work in progress. So it, it sometimes takes, a, a, especially when people are getting to the point where all of a sudden I'm saving a ton of money because my kids are out of college and and now I got to create my true budget. Um, that often takes a year or two to really get that dialed in. Um,
1: so for someone like me, what's a, a safe cash withdrawal rate?
2: Well, so for somebody like you, if you're, if you're talking about retirement now mm-hmm. in your fifties yeah, yeah, and that's going to be closer to 3%. And, and the reason why is because that sounds really low, especially when, you know, the worst 10 year period for a balanced portfolio still almost earned 6%. But the issue is, is you're very young. You've got 10 years of your own healthcare costs at least. And then you've got another 45 years potentially of dealing with inflation. And about every 15 years, the value of a dollar is cut in half because of inflation. So you're going to need to draw more out every single year. And so you have to leave more in your portfolio for later in life. So you might be drawing less than the growth rate now for the first 10 or 15 years. But then eventually the inflation will catch up. And your expenses will increase and increase and increase. And so, you know, in in your 50s, you know, if you think you've saved enough to retire, well, then maybe that's 3%. Uh, If you're 65, then it's closer to 4%.
1: What do you think? Do uh, most people think it's going to be easier? Because I feel like hmm, I thought it'd be more on autopilot. Now, again, I'm still in my 50s, but... I thought by my 60s it would just be autopilot, and I'd have enough, and it'd be like, oh, check mark. I passed that test um, without actually having to prove that I passed the test. It's like the math teacher wants you to show your work. I'm like, no, I don't want to show my work. <laughs> right. um, hey. Do you find that people uh, are a little unprepared to hear how detail oriented is from you?
2: Uh I think so. I think what's interesting is that the wealth building phase is so much easier, right? You just plug money into the 401k, you find other ways to save like the mega Roth 401k, the backdoor Roth, just plugging money into an index fund and in a taxable account and just buying all the time and when when you're 40 and the market dips 20%, like oh my gosh, I'm going to I better buy as much as I possibly can because this is the best entry point for the next decade. Right? Um, when you're retired, you have to maintain a balanced portfolio and a certain amount of cash to get through rough market cycles. So you actually have to kind of keep an eye on your asset allocation, your cash, and sell where the growth has been, right? So if you create a portfolio and you spend a certain amount of cash, you have to replenish that cash to always be preparing for the next difficult market cycle, um and so you you actually do have to do more portfolio reviews. It's a little bit more important to to maintain that asset allocation and that balanced portfolio when you're in retirement.
1: You tend to go index funds, uh, managed funds, uh, stocks. What's your modus of preference? And we've got less than thirty, so maybe that's uh, we'll wait for the next segment. Uh,
2: yeah, I love them all. So let's talk about why, because they all have their place in a portfolio for sure.
1: Okay, we'll do that in the next segment. Big event coming up Thursday evening, 6.30 to 8.30. Toll House Hotel, Los Gatos, California, 6.30 to 8.30. Seven retirement readiness tests. Um, You should feel pretty good after that two hours on where you stand if you're behind or you're ready to pass. You can find out more information at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com.
3: Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors, Thursday, August 24th in Los Gatos. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the 7 Tests of Retirement Readiness, Thursday, August 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Los Gatos Toll House Hotel. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all 7 Tests? Sign
1: up today online at robblackshow.com. CFP Chad Burton is with me. He tends to join me the weeks before a big event. And we have a new one coming up August 24th in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel, 630 to 830 p.m. Good event. It's free. You should have $500,000 more. Don't be a series uh, seminar junkie. If you've been to two or more, save the space for somebody else. It's a lot of similar information repackaged a little bit differently. Um, but the seven ready readiness retirement tests, this is good stuff. This is right at that level that it should hit, should hit you very guttural. Um, are you ready to retire? Because it's, it's kind of like a light switch for a lot of people. And we just want to know that when we flick the switch that it's going to be there for us. So far for the year, the Nasdaq's up 28%. The SP 500 up 14%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 4%. The 10-year Treasury sits at 4.25%. That's up 37 basis points. Um, it's been a big year. It's been a big year. CFP Chad Burton, you're going to be at the event. You're going to be running the event with EP Wealth. You're a regional director and a CFP. And you have a team of CFPs that you're going to be bringing to the event. Um, anything that we need to be prepared for uh, as far as news for the event coming up?
2: Prepared for as far as news? Mm. I don't
1: know. Anything we need to know? Should we bring pen and paper?
2: Uh, I think we'll have pen and papers there for you, hopefully. Okay. But there there won't be a test about the test, I can tell you that. So you'll be able to kick back and kind of say, okay, what are the, some of the key things that I need to think about in terms of getting ready for retirement? And as I started, I you know explain what has to be in your expenses, like we talked about kind of in the opening segment. But then we go through... You know, seven of the main tests that you have to do, which is a linear cash flow test, a risk tolerance test, a safe money test, a tax test, because there's multiple withdrawal strategies in retirement, Rob, mm-hmm. and which one is right for you, you have to kind of go through the linear cash flow test and say, Is there going to be a lot of money left over for my heirs or not? If not, what is the right strategy? If there's going to be a lot of money left over for, for my heirs, then what is the right strategy for that approach? Um and everybody retires with different amounts. I mean, some people have only 401k assets that have never been taxed, and some people have a mix of 401k, Roth IRA, cash, and and brokerage accounts or you know mutual funds that they invested in in a taxable account years and years ago. Um, so everybody's a little bit different. That's one of the reasons why I love the business. Um, and then you can run all sorts of different scenarios with Monte Carlo simulations. I'm going to try to give an, examples of events where we. Or example at the event where you could say, okay, if I slide this toggle on, this is a scenario where um, my spouse goes into a nursing home for five years. What's left for me when I'm 85 years old, if they pass away at that point. Um, and then, you know, what are some of the other things you got to think about in retirement to enjoy retirement? Um, you, watching retirement for me with, you know, this, this month starts my 29th year in the business. is that crazy? And you no, know, it's nuts. So I started at a really young age, really got lucky and finding something I love at a very young age. But it also changed changes the way I think about retirement. Um it seeing what people deal with when they're in their, you know, 70s and beyond in terms of health and things like that just it, it it's like okay, I, need, I know what I want to spend my money on now in terms of experiences and things that I want to do because I also know that it's kind of healthy to to continue to work later in life. Like having something that stimulates you cognitively is so important for retirement. Um, so passions, hobbies, keeping your mind sharp, those types of things, that's what I see creates some helps create some happiness in retirement. So that it's other things to focus on, the soft stuff, right?
1: You'll you'll appreciate this because you just said the almost exact opposite. I went whitewater rafting with my children and my wife at the end of summer. I got a bruise this big on my thigh. Got knocked out of the boat. My um, ribs. Oh, my ribs. I, my ribs I still would pay hurt. to
2: see that. Did somebody have a GoPro? Because I I need to see this. Stop.
1: Be nice. <laughs> um, the guide said I, whoever was sitting in that seat was going out anyway. So uh, because my kids were very poor oarsmen out front, but that's neither here nor there. But I, I kind of decided I'm getting to the age now where I don't think I can do that anymore, Chad. Um, four weeks later, I still have a kind of a pulled rib. Um, so you're enjoying your, your Hella skiing now, but you're going to get to the point in five, 10 years where it's like, I don't know if I could take that bruise one more time.
2: Um, so a couple of weeks ago when my father was in town, he, you know, he retired in Ecuador he's 75. Okay. Um, we went whitewater rafting and mop it on the Deschutes. Okay. So he he did okay. And you know, this is a guy that got bucked off a horse and broke almost every rib in his body multiple times. So he was a little sore afterwards and I kind of forgot about that when we booked it last minute. Yeah. But but he made it. You'll be you'll be fine. You just gotta really focus on that health and stay active and drop a couple uh, pounds. So there you go. Um let's talk about what I opened
1: with. I said the uh, NASDAQ's up twenty-eight, twenty-nine percent for the year. Um how do you maintain a balanced portfolio when you have twenty twenty-two, which was so awful, twenty twenty-three, which was so wonderful. Um, and it's not over, but you get the idea. Um, it seems like it'd be difficult not being overweighted in the seven big ones, you know, the Microsofts, the NVIDIAs, the Apples, the Metas. Yep. Um, what's your stand on rebalancing?
2: Well, I mean, first of all, let's put the NASDAQ in perspective, because if we look from January 1st, 2022 to now, it's still actually negative. Okay. So, you know, it was a tech wreck in 2022 because the thought of, oh my gosh, higher interest rates is going to ruin tech companies. And that obviously didn't happen. And so there was, an, you know, they sold off too much and then it's been a big recovery. But even back then, we were talking about how people are just way too overweight in large cap growth, which has been really the best place to be almost, I don't know, the last eight or nine years. So it's been the longest run where large cap has outperformed small cap. It's been one of the longest periods of time where U.S. stocks has outperformed international stocks um and so you, you you have to kind of look in a in in a portfolio and say okay what's already done well should i be trimming and looking for other places that have a bit more value and what's interesting about that is it's usually what's getting the worst media is typically the best buy over the next 3 to 5 years yeah so media catches on pretty late because they're always trying to get you to click based on fear or greed
1: that kind of reminds me um i was watching cnbc couple of weeks ago and one of the traders you know the options people mm-hmm. he said uh they said so what do you think about investing in Europe he goes ah that hasn't worked for 25 years and let's just say I'm still gonna say it's not gonna work and I was like that's a little short-sighted but do you agree with that do you sometimes give up on an asset class or do you just say you know I'm not gonna go international equities is do you ever do a hard pass
2: um like, no I'm not, a, I'm not Maybe- a
1: gold guy for instance
2: well, I I I wouldn't necessarily just do gold. I mean, I think then in, in times when we're looking at commodities funds, commodities include gold, precious metals, soybeans, coffee, you know, all that kind of stuff that tends to go up with inflation. Um, you know what we're looking at now is a situation where the, the dollar is finally topped out and is starting to come down. And at the same time, international stocks are fundamentally cheaper. Than U.S. stocks, you know, we're looking at a 4P ratio of like above 18, you know, above 19 actually right now on the S&P 500, where you're looking at 13, 14 overseas in certain areas. But it's selective, so you're talking about index funds. I like index funds for large cap U.S. stocks in many cases, but actively managed funds for international right now uh, make a lot of sense because I think you have to be selective.
1: This is the type of content you're going to get if you show up Thursday evening, 630 to 830 at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, California, 630 to 830. You can sign up at ChadBurton.com. Take your time while you're there. Um, There's a lot of good downloads. There's a lot of good information. You can sign up for his podcast, which comes out typically about once a week. Uh, Big event Thursday evening, Toll House Hotels, uh, Retirement Readiness Test. There's seven of them. Sign up at ChadBurton.com. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at RobBlack.com. I'm Rob Black. Uh, Thanks for listening to the show for all these years. It's been cathartic for me it's been uh, educational for me and hopefully we've shared some of that information with you thursday night there's gonna be a big event in los gatos california at the toll house hotel uh no hurricane problems, so we'll see you there that's for sure um it's all about the seven retirement readiness tests are you ready to retire I, I think it can't be simpler than that and it's almost like a green light yellow light red light it's that simple Uh, You'll have a good feel uh, where you are if you have $500,000 or more. Great event for you. If you want to meet with a CFP, wonderful event for you because Chad's bringing his team. Uh, But if seminars aren't your thing, you can also find Chad and his team at chadburton.com. That's C-H-A-D-B-U-R-T-O-N.com. Fill out a form or two and they'll start the process of giving you a a consultation via Zoom. If nothing else, it's really an important thing to do. It's kind of like that age 50 checkup where you got to go to the doctor and do what you don't want to do, um, but this is this is a little bit more fun because it's about money. Now listen to this, Chad. Americans between the age of fifty and fifty nine have around one hundred eighty nine thousand in their four hundred one k, according to the most recent data from Fidelity. But most people have less than a third of that amount saved because you're starting to deal with medians versus averages. The four hundred one k balance for Americans in their fifties is fifty seven thousand dollars. That's half the balances are lower, half the balances are higher when you're talking median. Uh, What do you think about those numbers, 189,000 and 57,000?
2: I I mean, it's it's an interesting situation here because we've got – just, just continued divide of of it, and it's not just I got paid less. A lot of times, it's just I just made horrible choices in life too. You know, <laughs> uh, spend money on cigarettes and drinking, and and you know six dollar lattes every day, and buying a new car every three years, and putting, you know, get, getting into a house all the time that I can't afford. Um, you know, and when every time you do that, you pay higher property taxes and more maintenance costs and everything else. So it, it's not just. Um, I think it's kind of a mix of not enough opportunity for some people, but also bad decisions for a lot of people out there. Like the, I got to have it now generation versus the generation that, you know, like my grandfather was in that, that guy would not leave lunch or dinner without his plate being cleared. Like he had to eat everything on his plate, right? Because he lived through the depression. And whereas now we're in the situation, I got to have it now. My neighbors already have it. So I better get it too. And part of that is social media or something. I don't know what it is, but um, it's just, it's, it's sad. There's just, it's just an epidemic in the U S that more and more people are going to depend on social security yet social security has to continue to change because it's still in, you know, what is it? 2032 to 2035 now, where there's going to be less money flowing into social security than flowing out. And by law, they have to change benefits. So that's, it's not going to probably be a situation where they cut benefits. It's going to be a forced later retirement, like 70, um, like it's been going up over the years or continued increase in how much of our income we have to pay in FICA or social security taxes, which has gone up a lot over the last several years. Um, So a lot of, there's just too many people that are depending on social security and then they tap the equity in their home. And you know, it, it's, it's a struggle in the later in life. It's something that I
1: was bringing up with you during the commercial break. And uh, we see things a little differently because you're dealing with a lot of wealthy clients. I'm dealing with a lot of people who want to create wealth, some of them who waited too long in their life. So I've got a little bit more of a discouraging outlook for my children because I hear from, from more people who have underachieved. And you're probably a little more optimistic because you're dealing with people who have overachieved in their life. And it is um, it is perspective. But let's get back to uh, what we talked about earlier and I ask you if you use, um, stock funds, if you use mutual funds, if you use, um, index funds, if you like individual stocks and you started getting the answer and then we just, just didn't have enough time. Then we're going to talk about balancing them and rebalancing them, um, pick up where we left off, please.
2: Yeah. So let's, let's take an approach where first of all, we're dealing with somebody that let's say, just say they have uh, a large IRA, right? Okay. So inside of an IRA, you can buy anything you want. You can, you know, Sell everything in the portfolio and buy exactly what you want. So if I get a a portfolio over that's only a retirement account, a 401k or an IRA, then I'm going to have a mix of assets in there. I'm going to have some individual stocks if it's a larger portfolio. Um, I'm going to have some large cap ETFs, little mid cap ETFs. Um, But right now, in a lot of the other areas, I'm going to have actively managed institutional funds. Where um we're not just buying the entire index because where we are in the market, there's a lot of things that are very expensive, um, you know, a lot of stuff that's fairly valued and some things that are that are undervalued. Just like overseas right now, um, there is a big setup right for overseas stocks to do well because the dollar is decreasing in value after been it's been going up against other currencies. Um, but you have Ukraine, you have You know issues in china and so i think you have to be a little bit more selective and an actively managed approach will go in and buy the select stocks in those indexes that look good and have a catalyst behind them so most people aren't just retirement accounts though right so you have when you look at a portfolio construction you have to have uh, you have your asset allocation Okay. So how much how much do you have in large cap, small cap, mid-cap, international, emerging markets, the different types of bonds that are out there? So whether it's tax-free municipal bonds and a taxable account, your uh, core, you know, conservative bonds or more aggressive bond funds. And then you got have to choose your asset location. Okay. So if somebody has a taxable brokerage account, that's you know, where you invested outside of retirement accounts, that's where asset location becomes very important because in those types of accounts, you want mostly large cap either individual stocks or index funds with some tax-free bonds. Uh, And then you try to get all the other asset classes in the other accounts. So you might have a lot of indexing going on in your taxable account, but a lot of actively managed funds in your retirement accounts. The reason why I say that is because indexes are very tax efficient. They tend to only change once a year, where... If the S&P 500 kicks two or three stocks out, they sell those stocks for a gain inside the ETF, and that gets distributed to you in a a tax bill on your 1099. Um, Actively managed funds have turnover all the time and tend to have a higher tax bill at the end of the year, which as long as they're in a retirement account, that doesn't matter. So when you look at a return of a fund, you have to look at here's the average annual return, but also is it tax efficient or not? What's the turnover? What's been the historical capital gains and dividends and things like that? Um, and and that gets even more important in in foreign funds where you get one one time a the year, they're going to distribute not only their capital gains, but all their dividends at the same time. And so you got to figure out what's happening with that distribution on an annual basis. When somebody has a lot of cash that, that comes in the door, and we're talking larger portfolios, over $2.5 and, and there's a lot of cash that you can deal with, We can create one account where inside the account, we pick and choose our favorite managers out there, large cap, small cap, mid cap, emerging markets, whatever it may be. And within one account, have a whole bunch of individual stock picks from each of those managers and then do a tax overlay that says, okay, if the large cap manager creates a bunch of gains... And we see that emerging markets is down for the year. We'll have that manager sell a bunch of stocks that are potentially showing a loss to offset the gains. And we can create a lot more tax efficiency. So there's kind of different levels of it. I think most people, when they're starting out, are perfectly fine just starting accumulating index funds, you know, and be just, just in index funds until they're in their 50s. And then after that, it might be a little bit more specific as they they age and, and their portfolio matures a bit.
1: Yeah. Do you have a preference on how you um, – let, let, let me – Give you an example, um, in the world of stock picking, uh, wealth accumulation, my kind of mm-hmm. neck of the woods. There's a saying that you buy more of your winners and sell your losers on individual stocks, but in index funds, you sell your losers. No, you you sell your winners to fund your uh, winner uh, losers, so that you're always at the right balance. But with stocks, you're kind of looking for the, the excellence of management, the excellence of product. Uh, yeah. Are there any easy terms that you use? Like ah, Rob just came in, he's got two million dollars. That's um, dollar cost average every day for three days. Or like, is there any simple terms that you use?
2: Oh, well, when people come in with cash, a lot of times you know it depends on where the market is, right? If it's if it feels like fairly or fully valued, then <clears throat> We might, depending on the portfolio, we might average the cash in over, say, four months.
1: Okay.
2: Um, if the market's way down, then I said let's let's get it back into work. And some stock markets positive over the last fifty years. Look at another chart on my other screen here where the, the S&P five hundred has um been positive um seventy-four percent of the time and averaged uh gosh, a little little over eleven and a half percent. So um I think that's, that's pretty good odds to get- just be in the market, right? Just Is to be- that- One of the best little kept
1: secrets, you said the market's up 74% of the time and people, Mm -hmm. I still hear it's a roller coaster. I'm like, no, it's not. Um, These are your best odds in the world. Like you can't get those odds of, you know, your luggage getting lost or what much more, like everything else is worse. But the stock market's pretty safe, all things considered, you know, I want to be a little careful how I say that, but up 74% of the time is up 74% of the time.
2: It's social media has made this worse. I mean, first of all, you had the you know twenty four hour news services that made made this worse because everybody was trading stocks. Even I I keep telling the story of you know in my in Ava's high school, kids had Robinhood accounts that their parents set up for them, and they were trading stocks in between classes in twenty twenty one. Right, right. So everybody hears about the good times and gets in late. And then they get whacked in the bad times and then they get out and they stop investing. And they think that that's investing. Day trading and doing that stuff is not investing. It's absolutely not. It, that's, that's gambling. That's, a, that's, that's kind of your funny money, right? So that's not how you invest. Which is funny that you say that because I'm a pretty big believer of no
1: funny money. Um, I work too hard for it, and I oftentimes think of myself as a dancer dancing for tips. Yeah. Um, So, I don't really have that money that I'm comfortable throwing away in horse races and day trades, but uh, I hear you. Anyway, um, you get...
2: So, on this show, I have a picture of you flying out of a a whitewater raft and dancing for tips. (laughs) You know, I I did that. That's the visuals you've given me for the radio show today.
1: (laughs) Uh, I, uh, I was in the water for a minute and a half, so... It was a long time. Um, But anyway, I digress. Big event coming up Thursday evening, uh, 630 to 830, Los Gatos, 12-House Hotel, seven retirement readiness tests. Uh, Sign up at ChadBurton.com. That's ChadBurton.com. That's this Thursday. For more information about EP Wealth, visit RobBlack.com. That's RobBlack.com. I'm really proud of the show through the years. CFP Chad Burton's graced us with his presence, giving us a lot of insights into financial planning issues for Americans. I just saw a statistic that um, had a congressman, Congressman Bernie Sanders attached to it. Only one in ten low income workers between the ages of 51 and 64 had a retirement account balance in 2019 compared to one in five in 2007. So we seem to be sliding um, into poverty and into less and less savings for retirement. Chad, oh. what what are your thoughts on Bernie Sanders' quick statistic on the lower income? Because I know we talk you and I about the the higher income people more often than not.
2: Uh, a lot of the stuff I always question where they get it, especially if it's coming from a politician. Where does oh. where, do these stat, where do these stats come from? That I, I I called fifteen households and created a stat. So you know I don't I don't know, but it is an issue. I mean I just even talking to you know, people my own age in terms of what they've done and that they, you know, you'll see the car they drive, the house they own, but then they'll talk about how they don't really have much in their 401k. So it's, it's the kind of habit, got to have it now generation. I was talking it's, to yeah. a man
1: who, um, he's just, he was uh community college. He's going to be a cop. Like he had, I was like, that's good. That's good. the Good pension. Um, community college way to save money. And then the other day he told me that he just flipped and he's, he wants to be a river guide now. He wants to do fly fishing in Idaho. I'm like, make sure you save some for retirement, okay? And like suddenly I backed off because um, his dream is not matching up with my dream, my dream of getting him some retirement savings, uh, not not ready to fly. But uh, Chad, how do you as a CFP identify which account to pull money from for clients? Is it the eeny, meeny, miny, Mo method or is there more mm-hmm. science to it than that?
2: A little bit more than the emo me, 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 method, I guess. But well, this this is why that that linear cash flow test, which is test number one, um, you know, what's going to be left in your assets? So if you, you take a conservative rate of return and have your expenses growing with inflation the right way, and that's concluding healthcare costs at five percent inflation. For the financial planning program to use, the default is there it's gonna draw first from the lowest earnings account and the lowest tax effect account, and then it's gonna wait and draw from the other accounts later. So like, you know, IRAs and things like that. And when you, when you do that approach, you're going to say, okay, what's left over in assets when I'm 95 years old? What is left for my kids? Do I have enough? Or am I running thin? Maybe I'm running out of money at age 85. And that's going to determine which accounts you draw from first. You also, you then have to flip it to the tax planning side. And so we have another report that we run that says, okay, based on Your withdrawal, your default withdrawal strategy, what are your different tax brackets going to be from the date you retired to age 73 when your required minimum distributions kick in? What is the difference in taxes between now when you can essentially live off cash, dividends, and interest and selling some stocks occasionally um, versus age 73 when you're forced to pull money out of your IRAs at a pretty rapid rate? What is that tax bracket increase and does that stay at a high bracket from 73 on? Um, and so you really have to look at both the linear cash flow test and your tax bracket at various ages to say, what are the strategies? Because the strategy may be, I'm going to uh, live off. I'm going to take Social Security early and I'm going to uh, you know make my assets last as long as possible because I barely have enough. Or no, I'm going to wait till age 70 to take Social Security from the age of 65 to 70 three, essentially, I'm going to do some IRA to Roth conversion so that I have a tax-free account later in life. Um, and and then I got to look at different things like how does that strategy affect my Medicare Part B premiums and my Social Security taxes and other things like that. So everybody's a little bit different. It's like how much do I have in my 401ks versus Roth versus Brack, uh, taxable accounts? What's my family history? Do I have a lot of history of Alzheimer's and dementia? If that's the case, um sometimes we have to draw money out of IRAs to pay for those expenses to get your income high enough to write those expenses off. Right? And um the other thing finally Rob is that I'll say that'll determine it that if you have a lot of money left over. Um and you're looking at your family situation of what assets are the best to leave your family? You have to say, okay, what are my what's what's my kids tax brackets at? Do I have okay. You know, high earning engineers as children make it a lot of money that have a high tax bracket. Or do I have, um, you know, low income kids that are paying less taxes than than I am? And so what assets should I leave to them? Should it be a Roth IRA? Should it be the real estate, the stocks, the regular IRA? What's best? How do I how do I deal with the family tax situation? So a lot goes into it.
1: And it's not lost on me. Um, I used to do an example and I can update it now, um, going back a little bit to what you just said. Um, Reagan lived to he live 93 years old and 30 years was in bad health as he declined with Alzheimer's. Um, Jimmy Carter's 98 years old. I just saw an article on him over the weekend. And I, that's kind of great news, but it's also a financial planning question. Presidents don't count in this uh, example. But are you seeing people outlive their assets? Uh, because, again, you see a whole different world than I do. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> a lot of times, you know, when people come in, it's getting ready for retirement. And so, if they're not even close to being ready, then you know, we'll tell them. That's that's part of why it's very important to make sure that you're getting unbiased financial advice. Somebody that's a fiduciary um, that will, you know, put that in writing. Because if you go to somebody that sells annuities and different things like that, they're going to say, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead and retire," so I can roll this four hundred one k into an IRA for you and make a huge commission. And so because of that, yeah, you see bad advice, allowing people to retire early versus, hey, I'm going to come in. Am I ready to retire? And the answer is gonna be yes or no, or, or maybe. And here's some things you can do to adjust it if you're not ready, whether it's working longer, spending a little bit less or a combination of those.
1: Any thoughts on Social Security? Because I can't seem to find experts to agree on it. And when I say experts, I'm talking about media experts like the Dave Ramseys, the Grant Cardones. They fight with each other on like your idea is a bad idea. And I love that. Dueling, dueling financial mouth pieces. Um, when should you take social security or do you have any thoughts?
2: Um, well, I mean, most people, as long as they're gonna live into their mid 80s, should probably wait till they're 70, but you still gotta do some planning for spouses because when the first spouse dies, the, the larger check stays with the surviving spouse. And so sometimes even if the spouse that made the most money isn't very healthy, they should probably wait till 70 because yeah. one of them is going to live to potentially 100. So less opportunities now. They took a lot of t- uh, tricks away from us that you could do, but you, you still have to run the numbers and say what's right for you. Big event Thursday
1: evening, 63830 Los Gatos, California, Toll House Hotel, the seven retirement readiness tests. Um, CFP Chad Burton, you can sign up at ChadBurton.com. He is a director uh, with EP Wealth, regional director, as well as a CFP and a team of CFPs. Find him at ChadBurton.com. Sign up today for Thursday. Good day. Think you're in
3: good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, August 24th in Los Gatos. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Thursday, August 24th, 630 to 830 p.m. at the Los Gatos Toll House Hotel. Space is limited, so sign up today at RobBlackShow.com. That's RobBlackShow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at RobBlackShow.com.